Hello and welcome to the Video Creator Show. I am your host, Grant. As you know, this is the show where we show you how to achieve a certain level of success on YouTube. And the best way to do that is to talk with people who have already done that. Today, I am here with Traveling Robert, a channel with over 229,000 subscribers, and he has accumulated over 65 million total channel views. Today, I'm going to be talking with him about how he did it, the business aspect of things, and more. And as you probably know, the Video Creator Show is sponsored by VidChops.com, an editing service that helps take the burden of editing off your back. Check out VidChops.com to see how you can save yourself tons of time and energy while taking your YouTube channel to the next level. All right, and now into the meat of it. Today, I'm here with Robert. Robert, how you doing today? I'm doing great, Grant. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Yeah, so you got this channel, Traveling Robert. Clearly, you're a guy who likes to get out of his house and film some of these things. Why don't you introduce us to exactly what your channel is and what it's all about? Well, it's a channel about travel, obviously, because of the name, but we focus mainly on RV travel. I travel around the country towing a camper. You know, I focus on that niche. I, I believe it, it, as I was saying, I travel around the country towing a camper and I believe, you know, focusing on a niche like RV travel in my case is what has uh, made the channel um, so successful. And that's what I do. As much how to or learning channel, most of, you know, I take people with me on trips around the country and, and have them experience the same things that, that I'm experiencing. And so I, I noticed you post a new video every Sunday. You do a live stream every week. Was there a like a reason to stick to the schedule? Is it just does that make sense for your workflow and how long it takes to make each video? I think posting and how regular you post is a big question when it comes to the YouTube game. So can you walk us through how you decided on your schedule? Yeah, this was all a learning process over the years. Of course, at the beginning, I wasn't doing this full time. So it's, it was more like a hobby. And I wasn't really, I didn't have enough content to post something every single week. But once I started doing it full time, you know, I, I've even toyed with the idea of doing it twice a week, like the regular, highly produced uh, travel videos. But that's unsustainable for the type of video that I do. You know, it's 30, 45 minute video every week and uh, once a week is enough. But yeah, it is very important. I've learned uh, to keep it consistent so people know what to expect. You know, I know I have some people who tell me you know, every Sunday morning, religiously, we wake up or when, when we come back from church or whatever, we watch your video. The, and the same thing with the live streams. I do a live stream every Friday. And, uh, you know, so sometimes I'm, I'm unable to keep the schedule because I'm traveling like I'm on the East Coast. So for, for me, it's easy to do it at 6 p.m. But sometimes I'm traveling at and uh, when I'm in the West Coast at 3 p.m. is kind of, let's just call it inconvenient to stop what I'm doing in the middle of the day and do a live stream. But I have to do it anyway because people are waiting for it. And I believe that's what's created the the community, you know. It's like a party, you know, we get together on a Friday, 6 p.m. We have a beer and uh, have a good time, you know. We have many, many regulars. So can you tell us a little bit about your community? This is always a big aspect of a YouTube channel is not just how many views you're getting, but how many people are really engaged with you and your channel. They show up regularly. They care about you. They're in the chat. Maybe they're, you know, doing giving you super chats. How long do you feel like it took to really build your community to a point where you were like, oh, this is real. This is happening. It took a long time, but... The live streams I started doing even before I was doing this full time. I actually started doing them during my lunch break at, at work. I would just rip out the <laughs> phone. Awesome. I worked at a very picturesque 
place in that sense. I was in downtown Miami, Brickell Avenue. I mean, I had the Biscayne Bay, you know, the ocean right there. So you know, I would go out and just started walking around and chatting with people. And uh, that's how we first uh, created the community. We, I created the community like that, just at my lunch break. And then the first Friday that I did the regular Friday was the day I quit my job. And I did a Friday live stream just driving to my home, you know, the commute, you know, 45 minute commute or whatnot. And that consistency and people started, you know, back then it may have been, you know, 20, 30, 40 people. But eventually we're getting regular five, six, seven hundred people. And occasionally we even break a thousand, you know, like special live streams. Like I did a special live stream, like a countdown to my hundred thousand subscribers. That was one of those that lasted like two and a half hours. And we had so, so many people and it was very exciting and things like that. So. Wow, that's awesome. Those are good numbers as well. So do you have any advice for like how to keep people engaged with live streams? Because live streaming content is, I guess it's a bit weirder. You know, it's live, obviously. Obviously, kind of have to fill the air for a prolonged period of time. It's not like you get to edit things down. So how do you go about keeping people engaged on your live stream and connecting with them? I don't know. I guess you have to be yourself and you just have to, you know, pretend that you are just chatting with a group of friends at the beginning when there are not too many people and not too many questions. You kind of have to wing it. And that's why I, I did it, you know, walking around downtown, showing people this and that. It was more like almost like a travel video, that, but live, you know, I was just engaging like that. And right now it's easy because I cannot keep up with the chat. So I, I just answer as many questions as I want, you know, pe people saying hello from all corners of the world. And uh, sometimes I just end up doing the, uh, you know, reading the super chats because that's really all that I can get to sometimes. But I believe in the end, it's just a matter of, of being yourself, being natural. And uh, if you try to fake it, people are going to see th through it. So um I think that's why we've been able to to have that great community. Sure. Yeah, it's all about authenticity. So the fact you have this thriving travel YouTube channel, I think it's kind of hard to make it in this niche because there's a lot of people who want to travel and find a way to monetize it. And it kind of sounds like a dream and it's a lot of people's dreams. Therefore, there's a lot of competition. Uh, clearly, you have done very well in this space. I'm interested in knowing what does your day to day actually look like? Because I mean, you just seem like you have a lot going on. Can you walk us through what a day in the life of Robert is? I have my ebbs and flows, right? I'm not traveling 100% of the time. I travel usually three months at a time. Then I spend some time at, at home base and then travel again. When I'm traveling, it's, it's very hectic because during the day I'm traveling and seeing things and filming. And then when at night, when I park the RV somewhere or we're staying somewhere, first thing I do, import all the video that I took uh, during the day. So it, it's safe in a hard drive and not in a memory card somewhere. And then the next Sunday's video has to be edited too. It's a lot of work. I enjoy it, but there's very little like downtime, if you will. Yeah. And um, then when we are not traveling and uh, it's more time at, at home, um, it's just editing the, the, those videos. I'm usually what, what I'm, I am is month or two or three, even three months sometimes behind on the actual videos that you're seeing online. Wow, three months, that's quite a long time. Yeah, I would like to be more current, but to be honest, editing takes uh, so long and I underestimate the amount of video that I shoot uh, on a daily basis. So a big question that always comes up with YouTube is like, 
How do you take people from YouTube and get them interested in, say, a website, get them off the platform? I know you have merch that people can buy. You've kind of monetized it in this way. Can you tell us about your website and sort of the philosophy behind it? The website is TravelingRobert.com, of course. It's uh, And one of the things, keep it consistent. They try to keep everything with the same name so, so people know how to find me. But in the website, uh, yes, I have merchandise. People can watch the videos there and... I'm also selling my music because yeah, I'm a musician and I compose the music that, you know, the background music for the videos and uh, they can purchase that too. And it's a work in progress like everything else. I'm working on a map where people can click on different uh, locations and it'll take them to uh, one of the videos. I don't advertise it as much as I should, but every at the end of every video, you know, I, I tell people, go to travelingrobert.com. And, um, and we also have a very active uh, Facebook group. That that would be the other the other place where everybody's you know interacting and so uh, do you have any advice on how to build a Facebook group like how did you get people from YouTube over to Facebook it happened very organically I had of course the page traveling Robert on Facebook and I publish videos there as well and links to the videos links links to different things and. It just happened very organically. I mean, my audience just happened to be on Facebook rather than not as much. They're also on Instagram, very little on TikTok. But Facebook seems to be the place where everybody was, probably because of my demographics and all that. And um, the Facebook group is hard to keep up. My wife actually moderates it because it's uh, the Facebook group is the the, the most active uh, because of that. Basically, it was very organic. I don't know exactly how I, I just announced it here and there. I announced it a lot on the, on the live streams on Fridays and it just grew organically. I mean, uh, people, uh, I mean, for a while I was getting a hundred people a day, hundreds of people a day, you know. Uh, I mean, compared to my audience on YouTube, the smallest, we have a uh, over, little over 20,000 members, but everybody's so engaged. Everybody's constantly uh, posting videos or links or where they are, pictures or and questions. And uh, I'm just a part of the community now. <laughs> you know, it, it's one of those things that uh, that everybody talks to each other and uh, and people have be, even become friends. Awesome. That's super awesome. So I, I noticed that your channel has been posting for about 11 years. Your first video did super well. It has over 250,000 views. You were in Miami, Little Havana in South Beach circa 2008. This is like OG YouTube. Were you posting consistently for that entire 11 years? Did you like take a break or have you just been on it the whole time? Oh, uh, no. The, the beginning it was very sporadic, maybe once a month. Actually, did, I had a small archive of like family vacations. Like we went on a cruise, on a cruise ship. I did a trip to Alaska. And back then, YouTube would only allow you to post 10 minute videos. So I, I wasn't able to post anything longer. So yeah, I, I kind of chopped that up, some of those uh, uh, older uh, family vacations. But it wasn't until till I started doing uh, YouTube full-time that I really started posting every single Sunday. That was in 2017. But, you know, from around 2014 to 2017, I posted almost every every week just because we had already bought the travel trailer and we were starting to narrow it down and people started watching more, interacting more. And I'm like, uh, you know, if, even if we only go out for a weekend to the Florida Keys, I can do at least once a week or every other week. And it turns out people love to see videos about the Florida Keys. So at the beginning of my RV or, you know, camping career that those got a lot of views. And then there was a video that I did uh, driving to the West, um, 
Yeah, my first uh, cross-country road trip, that was one of the... That video has a couple million views now. I think that's the video that actually, that was the breakaway video when the channel really started getting some traction. And uh, this was, uh, I filmed it in 2018 and it probably became really big in 2019 or at the beginning of the pandemic too. Oh, wow. So you like you posted the video and it took a year for it to really take off? Or do you mean you kind of were working on it for a year? The, originally, it was a, a series of videos about this trip to the West. The trip took about a month and a half. You know, I went all the way to, to the Pacific and back to Florida and so every, many things in between. I called it my first cross-country road trip, uh, one man's dream to drive uh, from, you know, transcontinentally. And uh, originally, it was like, I don't know, eight episodes, but then I combined them all into one long movie. It's like a two and a half hour movie. And that video is the one that really took off and uh, has all these views. And apparently another thing, with, especially for my videos, YouTube likes longer videos uh, because of the watch time. Yes. And this longer videos of mine, YouTube has suggested it to a lot of people who are not my subscribers. So those videos have like 15% of the views are subscribers and then the rest is just uh, suggested, you know? Yeah, longer videos are a very good way to potentially get more attention on YouTube. I think you were smart to, instead of having seven separate episodes to combine them all into one, you said two and a half hour movie. Like when you do that, it just gives a video so much more potential. Two and a half hours. If somebody watches that whole thing, that's two and a half hours of watch time from one person. There's like... A lot of talk right now about, you know, people have very short attention spans, so you have to appeal to that. In some ways, that's true if you're posting YouTube shorts, but with long videos, people actually do appreciate them. They, even if they're just kind of leaving them on and while they work or something, that racks up a lot of watch time for you. And it does absolutely give a video more legs, more potential to do well. So that breakthrough video of yours, it sounds like that was kind of a really pivotal point for your channel. And is that when you just decided, okay, I'm only doing long videos? Uh, not really. I, it's not sustainable for me to do only long videos. That I would post a video every month or every, every other month. So I still, that's my main MO. I post, I mean, shorter videos, not short. I try to keep it over 30 minutes still. And then I will do like a series, you know, I, I will combine five or six of those videos into a movie, you know, like a cohesive movie. Like, like I did one, uh, you know, I, I did a trip to Arizona uh, uh, last year and it was like 12 episodes in total. And then I just make the whole thing into one long movie. The, I called it the ultimate Arizona road trip. And that video is doing really well. Yeah, awesome. So do you have any advice for creating a, a vlog? This is a pretty competitive scene. The fact you're doing well tells me you know how to edit. You know how to take out what shouldn't be in there and to keep in what should be there. Can you tell us about your editing philosophy? Editing, I mean, it's the most time-consuming part of uh, everything we do. But at the end, I like to think of it as... Uh, there has to be a certain rhythm. I like to think of it as almost like, like a symphony, uh, kind of, you know, it's... Uh, Keep the rhythm and there's certain, certain parts that you can take a little longer, like a sunset, you know, keep that scene a little longer, but just uh, think about it. Like, I don't know, sometimes I would like to keep something for five, six, seven seconds. And then I realize, no, people are going to get bored. People are. And oh, and another thing, and this goes into filming, preparing for the editing afterwards, we're doing video. So there has to be movement on each scene. You don't just 
keep the camera steady looking at a beautiful landscape because might as well just take a picture. You need to move the camera sideways or zoom in a little bit. Do something to keep the audience uh, engaged on that image. It's a combination of those and uh, and also give them in, enough information so so they feel like they got something out of it uh, at the same time. And that that's something that I do too. I do a lot of voiceover. It's easier. It's a better controlled environment for audio quality, first of all. And then, you know, I, I can edit myself out. You know, I can I can make it more and more concise. But sometimes I'm just speaking on camera, on location, and you tend to ramble. And it's it's a combination of all those things. Sure. Can you tell us about how you got into YouTube in the first place? Like, what is your background? Like, did you have any experience in video production prior to this? Did you just kind of start making videos and it just happened to work? Tell us your story. Well, I did go to uh, college for video production, but I started making videos way before that with a VHS camera, of course, back in the in the 90s. You know, I even edited some of them like VHS to VHS, like a hobby, you know, family vacations and whatnot. And that's when I decided to, to, to go to college for TV production, even though I never quite worked in the industry as a producer. <laughs> I took the classes, learned the techniques, and I even worked at a TV station, but doing something completely different. Video and filming and photography remained a hobby, you know. And I kept, you know, doing my videos as hobby. And then YouTube came out in 2005, I believe. That's when YouTube first came out. And I became aware of it in 2007. And I'm also a musician. So that was another one of the things that I did. And I did my, my first YouTube channel actually is still on. And it's my name, Robert Morales. And what I used to upload is, you know, videos of us, the band, playing at different places and even older videos of the band, like from the 90s. And that's how it began. Then, of course, that channel I couldn't monetize because of uh, copyright issues. You know, we, we were a cover band, so <laughs> we didn't own the rights to that music. And even in that channel, I started uploading some travel videos. And at some point I decided, you know, let's divide them. Let's create a brand new channel just for the travel videos. And uh, that's when it started taking off and I was able to monetize and, and other issues, which and, and, I mean, and other, other things that uh, so I was able to make this in the end a uh, business. But uh, ever since uh, I can remember, I've been into making videos and, and making music. And uh, with the YouTube channel, I was able to, to merge uh, both of those together. So you've essentially turned YouTube into a, a whole career. You've had all this experience and then you got in, in the early days. You ran the channel well. And now that you are where you are, can you talk about how you're monetizing the channel? Because that's always a big question, right? Is how do you make money? So if you're comfortable kind of talking about that, what are your avenues for monetization? No, of course, but probably the main one at this point is uh, AdSense, you know, YouTube. Uh, I, I've been able to, to have enough views. Uh, per month, you know, that with a good CPM that, you know, that's the main source of income. Of course, I sell merchandise and that's, uh, that's another source of income that ebbs and flows for a while. I was selling a lot and then it kind of slowed down and it goes up and down. It really depends. I sell music online. Of course, if you search for Robert Morales uh, on Spotify or anywhere that music can be bought, you'll find my music. You know, I make some revenue from that too. Then, of course, there's a Patreon and uh, I have a Patreon and uh, and what I do is do like like outtakes or I post videos earlier 
for the patrons and, you know, they have several tiers and, uh, for example, have a higher tier that is executive producers and, and those uh, who are at the executive producer tier, they get a credit at the end of the video. You know, it's all little different as, as sources of, of income that in the end they add, they add up. They add up and, uh, and I'm able to make a living, you know, doing what I love, which is uh, the important part, right? And uh, Well, are live streams also a big part of your revenue, like donations, super chats, things like that? They can be. Some of them, they can be. But it's again, it's not a high percentage of the income, but it all adds up. And depending, some, some chats, oh, which is the one like, the one that I did for my birthday. People, you know, gave me a lot of super chats just because it was my birthday. The same with the chat where when I, after I crashed my drone, people, oh, this is for a drone fund. <laughs> <laughs> That's sweet. And, uh, but no, normally it, it all helps. But still, my, my main source of income it, at this point is, is AdSense. It's YouTube. Right on, especially with those long videos. Like there's a lot of room for ads in there. If you make a 10 minute video, you're going to have one or two commercials in there. But if you make a 45 minute video, that video has several commercials in it and, uh, and the CPM goes up. Robert, like what is your biggest piece of advice for succeeding on YouTube? Kind of a generic question, but I get a different answer every time. And I always like to ask it. First of all, you have to like what you're doing, you have to like it because otherwise it is a colossal amount of work. People don't realize how much work it is to produce. Uh, some people do dailies. I don't know how they do it. Produce uh, a consistent content every week. And the other one is consistency. Consistency. You have to do it uh, at least once a week. Good thumbnails. And that's the main, the main thing. And of course, the, the content has to be quality content. Otherwise, people are going to tune off and w watch somebody else. Great. Very simple, straightforward and effective advice. I agree with all of it. So with that, Robert, why don't you tell people where they can find you, your channel, your website, your social medias, whatever. Be shameless. Traveling Robert. You try to type Traveling Robert anywhere or TravelingRobert.com and it's going to take you to me. So that's it. Uh, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, uh, everywhere else. And the website, travelingrower.com. Well, Robert, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate your time. And the fact that you're in the middle of nowhere and we're still able to do this interview is a miracle to me. So I'm appreciating what we got here. So thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. You're living the dream right now. You're working from your RV out in the middle of nowhere. I mean, this is the life that we all wish we have. And sometimes the internet is a little spotty. That's all good. To me, the, the, the internet has highest difficulties to be able to do this from the road and, and uploading content all, all the time. So, but we're doing it. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness for Starlink, even if it's a little spotty with all, all these trees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it works great in Arizona, by the way. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. Not many trees out in the desert, no. <laughs> huh? Well, right on. And uh, whoever is watching, make sure to like, subscribe, follow whatever platform you're on so that you can see me and uh, I can see you in the next episode. And with that, Thank you for watching and goodbye, everybody.